What's up, people? My name's Tony Calgin. I'm the Special Teams Quality Control at University of Akron, and this is the Stay in the Fight podcast. Uh, so the goal of this podcast is to tell you the story uh, behind the coaches. You know, I think everyone has a story. Uh, everyone's been through struggle. Uh, I think the misconception is, you know, we just assume that the big-time coaches have always been big-time, and it's not the case. And there was definitely a time that Nick Saban was working for free, um, there was a time that Dan Mullen was sleeping on other people's couches, and I've, I've actually heard those stories. Um, but I intend to, to bring you those stories um, for myself uh, and you know, my friends in the coaching uh, profession and the coaching community. And hopefully, you know, if you're a young coach or just a coach looking for some inspiration, you know, let you know that you know, if you can stay in the fight long enough, you, you're going to make it to where you want to go. So um, uh, hopefully this, this helps, uh, and I'm looking forward to having some uh, interesting interviews and, and some great stories over the, uh, the, the next couple episodes. So, um, But this first episode, uh, I kind of want to just talk a little bit about myself, you know, my story, some of the things that I've been through. Um, so first, you know, I think, you know, my, well, when I really, really wanted to start getting into coaching was probably like my sophomore year of, uh, of college. Um, you know, as a freshman, you know, I'm, uh, I went to Lafayette College in, in Eastern Pennsylvania, FCS, uh, Patriot League, uh, and they were, you know, on the heels of two two uh, straight championships. My freshman year was a third, um, and then my sophomore year, you know, I'm, I'm getting on the field a little bit, and, you know, by the end of the year, I didn't, didn't you know, see the field at all, and I'm kind of like, you know, maybe I'm not good enough to play in the NFL, uh, but I, I do want to be around coaching, and that's kind of when I first thought of coaching as a, a possibility and I'm going back home to, to work out for the summer and uh, I'm helping out at my high school like after I lift and stuff and I'm like okay like this is like a real thing um, so that's the first time I considered coaching and then when I first graduated uh, you know my high school coach he was our defensive coordinator when I was in school and then he became the head coach uh, he gave me an opportunity uh, which was awesome you know I was the the JV defensive coordinator as the inside linebackers for varsity um, and just came out you know guns a blazing uh, I was, you know, super excited about that, um, but you know, it was kind of like a lump sum. Like I made, I think it was like five thousand or something like that, uh, and it wouldn't be until November. So it was like, you know, I needed to get some more money. I needed to to get a job. So I actually started working at at the mall, um, and it was cool. Like you know, the the manager was a, a high school friend. Uh, she understood my schedule. Uh, you know, for all you guys that coach high school, you know, it's really really hard to find a job that will allow you to. You know, get off at like two thirty and and go to your coaching job. So, um, that that worked for a while. Uh, eventually, I ended up getting a job actually in the elementary school, working with uh, some special ed kids, um, which was you know it's not exactly what I wanted to to do, but you know it worked with my schedule. So, uh, that was cool. Then about like halfway through that the, the year, uh, I got called up to uh, the middle school to work with like a, a specific kid. Um, you know, I think I was just a, a young male. Uh, role model for him, um, and you know he had a, a bunch of you know crazy things going on in his life. I I, I don't know if he was really that that troubled. I think he just kind of wanted attention. But uh, I will tell you guys a story real quick. Uh, so I think this was probably like end of the year. You know, football season had been over for a while, and uh, I guess this kid brought in a, a knife, like a little pocket knife, uh, and had flashed it to somebody, like saying like. I don't even know if he necessarily threatened him or anything like that. And you know, I was only part time there, so I'd show up at like ten o'clock and leave at like one o'clock or something. And uh, I get to school, and like everybody's being really, really weird. Uh, and they put me in a room with him, and they just like had me sitting there playing like spit and you know some other card games. And 
then the the vice pr- uh, principal comes in and is like, hey, like, has uh, has James been been weird at all or anything like that? I'm like, uh, I guess like when we went to the bathroom, he was just kind of lingering, and um, turns out that I, I said like he had brought a knife into school. They're searching everywhere that he's been and all that. Anyway, my time comes that you know I'm I'm about done. I got to go. Uh, I was also coaching track at the time. And, you know, apparently they stayed there until about five o'clock when uh, one of the teachers was like, hey, like, do you want your sandwich from lunch? Uh, and he's like, no, thanks. And then she she took it out anyway because, you know, she figured that he, he was going to be hungry. He's been sitting there for a while. And uh, they found the the uh, the knife like wrapped up in like the sandwich meat, like on the sandwich. And like, I don't know. I just thought that was really witty. Um, but anyway, so uh, kind of after that event, um, you know, they they kicked a kid out of school and kind of lost their their like their need for me so uh the following year my second year coaching high school uh I, I didn't work at the school unfortunately um and I actually ended up getting a job at a physical therapy clinic which was really cool because you know I was really into strength and conditioning at the time was thinking about getting my CSCS uh and then this was just a different aspect of of you know performance and and you know all that so I, I did a lot of learning there um but ultimately like I think I really realized that like I wanted to just coach football all the time and I wanted that to be my only my only concern and my only worry so uh, I was really looking for uh looking for high school or uh, for college jobs and I think like the first thing I did was like just mass email every coach I could find like uh their their email and um you know didn't get very many responses I probably got like five and a couple of them were like not negative per se but like just uh, giving me pointers and stuff like that for for uh, letters in the future, um, but one did uh, you know kind of kind of offer me a, an opportunity at East Stroudsburg. Um, you know, I was under the assumption that I was going to be the the GA there, and uh, you know I'm kind of going there in February and, and April, getting ready to to make the move uh, that upcoming summer. Uh, you know, said goodbye to uh, my my high school. Um, only to find out that like I'm not actually the GA and I could become a GA around campus and then also help out with uh, without the football team. So, you know, I'm applying to GAs there. I talked to the sports management department and the guy's like, you know, I love you, but um, I know that if you're going to work with football, you're not going to have enough time to, to work with me. So uh, I can't offer you it unless you're not going to coach football. And, you know, obviously if I'm going to go there, like it's to, to coach football. So I end up like, come crawling back to the high school level in like June and like it felt really terrible about it um but anyway uh you know it was a learning experience but so uh you know I'm still applying to jobs um and uh, I see something on the football scoop uh for uh, a GA job down at Bethel University in McKenzie Tennessee and connected with those coaches I think I applied like on Wednesday interviewed on Thursday, uh, accepted the job on Friday and then moved on Monday. Like it was such a whirlwind. And it was like, you know, I went to practice on Friday, uh, as the defensive coordinator and I'm leaving as, you know, the former defensive coordinator. And like, I'm not going to see those guys at like the seven on seven that night. Like it was really, really nuts. Um, and, and kind of emotional and you know, having to say goodbye to my family and just moving on a, on a whim. Um, but you know, it was a great GA uh, opportunity you know it was five hundred dollars a month uh with housing meals uh obviously uh, starting my uh my master's so uh i was excited about it uh, we had a good team i'm on the offensive side so i'm i'm learning a bunch of stuff that i wish i'd known um you know earlier but uh it was a culture shock you know i'm moving from new jersey where there's you know, four malls within 15 minutes of me and you know out in mckenzie there's there's not a whole lot you know there's uh 
a lot of trailer parks. Um, you know, it was a dry county at the time, so I couldn't like go and get a drink. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and actually, like, just super conservative. You know, we they put us in a, a GA dorm, um, which you know, by the way, they didn't even like dust like when we got there. So uh, it's not the best. Uh, it's me and six other GAs, and it's like, you know, we have some student like comes in to make sure that we're, you know, like we're under the same rules as all the, the students are. And it's just kind of crazy being like, you know, 23, 24 and having to answer to like a 19 year old um, who definitely, you know, she was flexing her guns, trying to make sure that we knew that she was in charge. Like she would have like us do, um, you know, fire, uh, what are they called? Fire drills in like the middle of the night and stuff like that. When we had like 5 a.m. workouts and stuff. Um so that, that, that was definitely tough. Uh, we couldn't have, you know, beer in our fridge. Uh, one time it was like one of our buddy's birthdays and they came and confiscated all our alcohol. And I was so angry. I was so livid. I started like throwing all my stuff out of like my, uh, my drawers and being like, Oh, look at all this, the, the contraband I'm, I'm, uh, I'm keeping. And like, <laughs> they almost, uh, kicked me out of the dorms there. So, uh, but just being, you know, immature and frustrated with uh, kind of the society and culture that I was living in. So um, that was that was definitely kind of crazy. A real quick story from my, my time at Bethel. You know, obviously in coaching, you're, you're going to work some crazy hours. Um, but that that winter was unlike anything that I've, I've really done in my career. Uh, so I was a strength coach. Um, so I woke up at 4.15 in the morning. Because uh, I had to open up the weight room by 4:45. Our first uh, lift was in there at like 5 a.m., and so I had that uh, that 5 a.m. lift, 6 a.m. lift, 7 a.m. lift. Then we went into the office at 8. Uh, luckily, like you know, the the school provided meals, so we went to to the cafeteria all together, grabbed food, and and then went in. Uh, and then you know you're doing your your normal uh, you know out of season kind of day where it's a lot of recruiting, it's getting ready for spring ball, all that type of stuff. Um, and then I'm leaving at like, you know, five, five thirty, go get dinner, go directly to class at, at six Class is getting over at like, you know, eight fifteen, And then I'm literally like going back to the dorm room and, and going straight to sleep. Uh, and obviously like doing that for, you know, seven, eight weeks in a row. I was just like, man, like this is the longest winter of my life. So I've definitely been there. You know, I've had my share of, you know, 16, 17 hour days. I've slept in the office. Um, I don't know if you necessarily need to do that. Uh, I, I definitely think that, you know, with technology and just, um, you know, creating a good culture and recruiting the right players, um, you can have a life away from, you know, the the office. Um, but, you know, I, I have some of those war stories too, so. But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it was the type of place that, you know, my, my one buddy's, you know, 27 years old. He's got two kids and a wife, and, uh, like, the wife can't come to the dorm and stuff. So, as I said, just frustrated with it, but, you know, I was one of six GAs. Uh, I think we all got pretty pretty tight. You know, we, we stay in contact still. Um, we used to call it the Morris Project. So, uh, you know, it was it was a good experience for what it was. Um, but anyway, um, coming up on you know ten months there, I ended up getting a call from uh, the the head coach at Franklin and Marshall, uh, John Troxel, who recruited me to Lafayette, uh, and I I jumped at the opportunity. You know, it was like a ten thousand dollar contract or whatever uh, for ten months, and I thought you know. Oh man, I'm I'm making a lot of money now. You know what I mean? Uh, I can actually go like live in a house like my friends do, uh, who who aren't coaching football, and and hopefully make it to a happy hour or something like that. So, uh, I definitely thought you know uh, this is my first step, and I, I'm finally making it. You know, um, but I gotta say I, I definitely learned a lot. 
Uh, my first year uh, there, I, I was under uh, Craig Satyak, uh, who ended up you know, going on to become the, the defensive coordinator at Lehigh. Um, but he taught me you know, so much about just defensive football and I think even more like how to be a coach and you know, how to just be yourself. Because uh, I was a guy that when I first graduated, I was mother effing this and shredding kids uh, just because it's kind of how I, I was coached and just thought that's how you're supposed to do it. Um, and, you know, I have to say, like, being that way and seeing other coaches like that, like, I could see that kids didn't really respond to it. And, you know, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Like, did did I respond to it well? I, I don't think so. Maybe maybe my my skin was a little bit thicker than kids nowadays but you know i i don't i don't know i I don't know if that's how you treat people but um i saw the way that he would pull guys aside talk to them like a man find out you know what's what what's wrong why why are they not running to the ball why are they not paying attention uh in meetings and usually there's something going on you know mom's sick or something like that so i was really appreciative uh to to be under him but you know it's one of those things that you know i was i was closer to home now um, so, you know, one of my buddies was getting married. I'll never forget this. You know, we went to AC for the, uh, the bachelor party, had a, had a good weekend, just hanging out with my boys and I'm leaving. I fill up my gas tank and I, I check my, uh, check my, my savings or just check all my accounts. And I have like $2 in my checking account and like 87 cents in my, my savings account. And I took a screenshot and I was like, I, I'm going to always remember this moment because if I ever make in coaching, you know, I, I know that I, I had been at the bottom at some point, you know what I mean? Like, and I've been on, been on food stamps in, you know, multiple states. Uh, I actually started getting on food stamps while I was uh, at Bethel. Um, our head coach's wife was like, "Hey, like that's that's there for you. You should take advantage of it." Uh, and you know, I'm I'm buying steaks and cooking them up on a uh, just like a hot plate, like in my room, like you know, th- thinking, uh, you know, I'm eating like a king. But uh, I mean, there was a time that when when I was at F and M, you know, I'm uh, my my EBT was pretty big. You know, I, I think I had like 180 bucks for the month or something like that. Um, and this one particular month I go and I probably got, you know, uh, the max amount of, of groceries in my cart and I go up and my, my EBT got declined or canceled or something like it was like, maybe I went the day before that it got reloaded. Uh, and just having to, to sit there and say like I can't pay for the groceries and like walk away and like knowing that all those people have to go restock those shelves was was horrifying and again just like uh hey like I haven't made it yet I need to just keep on getting better so and uh so another story from uh, my F&M days um so uh, my room uh this is my second year uh at F&M you know in Lancaster City which is actually a, a city of like 30,000 so you know there's the cool little downtown and stuff but you know we have a house downtown and these are super super old houses and my room is less of like a room and more of like uh I don't know like a sunroom or something like that so like the insulation is terrible there is no heat um so like at night it gets down to like probably 45 degrees maybe 50 degrees but it is it is cold um so at our office at F&M at the time, um, you know, we were in racquetball courts that they had kind of converted uh, and we had a space heater. So I used to bring my duffel bag and put the space heater in my duffel bag after work when everyone would leave. And then I'd carry the, the, the space heater uh, to my, my apartment, plug it in, turn that thing on and, and like make it through the night, you know, get up early. So like no one knew, packed it up went back to the office uh and then plugged it in and tried to heat up the office before everybody got there so 
um, yeah, that was definitely a, a funny story. Uh, that second year uh, at, at FNM was a little bit more stressful. Uh, Coach Sutyak moved on to, to Lehigh, and we got a new defensive coordinator there uh, who was just a polar opposite, um, just very, very particular, uh, very quick to, to yell and get on you. And, I mean, there was a time that, you know, he kind of called me out in front of the kids and was like, you're not a coach. You you want to be a coach. Like, this is how I feed my family. Like, you know, and maybe I wasn't a coach at the time, but, uh, I had sacrificed a lot, and I, I don't think that you should say that to, to somebody who's, you know, putting their, their life on hold to, to make a coaching dream a reality, even if I'm just a intern or whatever. But uh, that definitely rubbed me the wrong way. There's times that, like, I wanted to, to fight this guy. And you know, going on at home, my, my dad got, got cancer. He was a, a longtime smoker. Uh, and just, you know, the stress of not being able to be there and, and help out my family. And knowing my my sister's taking the brunt of it, you know my mom's angry at my dad, and just it was really really just a stressful time in my life. Um, I guess like the the one nice part about it was, you know, my second year at F and M, I, I started living with the lacrosse coaches who were just awesome awesome dudes. Um, you know, I, I had student loans and like a quarter of my paychecks going to them. Then like the other like half of it was going to. Uh, uh, to, to my rent like these guys took me under their wing like made me pay like next to nothing uh and i got to live with them and i was saving so much more money and like as i said like actually getting a little bit more of just a, a normal life um but yeah that was a, a very very trying time uh in my career uh where you know uh, between the stress of of you know seeing my dad kind of you know wither away and then just uh taking a lot of you know, shit, to be honest with you, at work, like I was ready to just get out of coaching. I was going to uh, go get into human resources and live in like Charleston, South Carolina and, you know, just try to like move on. But uh, I don't know. I just kind of stuck with it. Um, that summer I interviewed for a job at Monroe College uh, and then uh, like literally the next day uh, interviewed for a, a job at her sinus colleges, which is in the same conference as uh, Franklin Marshall. So uh, you know, me and the, the, the defense coordinator there, uh, he was a really, really young guy uh, like myself. Uh, we just kind of hit it off, and I, I could kind of see a future of, you know, me and him, you know, putting our brains together and, and, and getting this thing rolling. So um, I was lucky enough to, to get that job at Ursinus. Uh, and, you know, it was a $15,000 job, so it was, it was more money. It came with, like, partial benefits. So, again, I think I'm moving up in the world. Uh, came with housing and stuff. Um, so it, it was good, and I worked with D-Line. My second year became special teams coordinator. Um, and, you know, as I said, me and the defense coordinator just really, really became close. It was just, it was our show. Uh, we were running all types of crazy stuff. And uh, he's an awesome guy, Coach Eaches, uh over at uh, Oklahoma State. You guys watch. He's going to be doing some some big things in his career. Um, but, you know, as we keep going on, you know, I, I end up my second year becoming special teams coordinator, moving to linebackers. Uh, so getting more responsibility, learning more, you know, probably bumped up, I think maybe to like 17,000 and then 20,000. So, uh, end up meeting my, my future fiance, you know, living outside Philadelphia. So, you know, life's starting to come together. It's starting to get a little bit better. You know, unfortunately my, my father passed away. Um, but you know, 
Uh, I know he's he's watching me now, but uh, it's one of those things that like I always told myself, you know, if I'm not a full time coach by the time I'm 30, like I need to get out of coaching uh, and and get into you know a real career because uh, you know I went to Lafayette, which is a great school. All my friends are, you know, they're starting to buy houses and do these things, and I'm I'm nowhere close to it. I can't even, you know, uh, take my my girlfriend out to eat. Um, which, you know, was a whole other thing that, you know, I, I met a lot of, uh, females in my time that like didn't understand the coaching grind and didn't understand, you know, not being able to, to go out and do this or that. So I feel like, you know, I definitely made a lot of sacrifices in my life, uh, in that, that regard. Uh, but I was lucky enough to find this, this crazy girl who, you know, liked me for me and was willing to, you know, just understand and split some bills and do some things and, um, so uh, I'm very thankful to to have her, but uh, it was probably, you know, literally days before my 30th birthday when I got the news that I was going to become full time. I had interviewed for our defensive coordinator job. Uh, Shane moved on to Oklahoma State uh, and our head coach, you know, uh, he had a plan. Uh, he picked up one of the, the best uh, coaches in, in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, really history. Uh, and I knew, you know, he was going to do a great job in recruiting and stuff. So I understood it. Um, and then it kind of splintered off that, like, uh, another full-time job would, would come around. That was going to be special teams coordinator and recruiting coordinator. So it was like, you know, I saw what what the plan was going to be the entire time. And I was just thankful to, you know, now I'm making $40,000 after our camps and stuff like that. It's, like, closer to forty five. Now, you know, I'm moving to Philadelphia. And I'm like, man, like, I arrived. I made it. It's awesome. Um, and we had a really, really great, you know, work-life balance in my last year there where we're, we, we'd had Sundays off, um, in season, you know, we're, we're watching the film, grading it on our own, then calling each other, talking about it, you know, inputting all our data into like Google docs and stuff like that. So, uh, really, really loved my time there, especially being like so close to home, uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm a Jersey guy. So going back and forth between Philly and, and, and New Jersey. So, uh, it was awesome. Uh, and it really gave me a chance to, explore myself and uh, find out a lot about myself. And you know, that's one thing I'll say, you know, for all you guys at the high school level, D3, D2, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, their, their goal is division one, you know, the GA ship, uh, quality control analyst, uh, but you don't get to control your own room. And uh, I did so much learning uh, and so much growing as a coach. Uh, you know, I got into the, the, the profession to work with the players and I couldn't have, couldn't have imagined like, coming up and not getting that experience so um you know there's no wrong or right way to to come up in this profession and i think if you guys just crush what you're doing and, and you know be, be concentrated on where you're at um and you know you make the right connections you know you'll be able to coach ball anywhere so uh, i really do believe that but anyway i spent five years at her sinus and then you know quarantine hit uh obviously for for all the the bad that covid uh, did and, and how boring and terrible uh, quarantine was. It was really, really good for me. You know, uh, near the end uh, at her sinus, you know, I was really getting into culture and listening to culture podcasts, reading about culture, like coming up with my own culture system. And I really believe, you know, coaches have their offensive system, defensive system, but you need to have a culture system, uh, which led me to, you know, you need to have a recruiting system. Um, and I was like, you know what, like. I'm going to take this time and, and really dive into that, create my philosophies. Uh, and then from there, I'm like, you know, I, I need to grow my followership because, you know, recruiting is becoming more and more branding uh, and I need to have my, my, my coaching branding uh, or my coaching brand. So I started mass emailing kids on, uh, 
on uh, NCSA, which we did uh, to create our, you know, our, our dat- database. Uh, but this was like, you know, check in, but then also like direct them to my social media. And like I emailed literally hundreds of thousands of kids, like went through as many as I could. It took months and months. Um, and then as I was diving into that, that recruiting, you know, getting on TikTok, com- coming up with videos with recruiting tips and ideas and stuff, you know, I had a couple of videos on TikTok that hit, you know, 250,000 views, 100,000 likes and stuff like that. So uh, kind of, you know, all happened very, very quickly. And I grew my, you know, Twitter followers from 3,000 to 7,000 to 10,000. So, you know, now I'm starting to feel a little momentum. I actually got a, a interview with the uh, for the job of director of player personnel at San Jose State, um, which was awesome conversation, you know, a follow-up conversation. And then I, I didn't end up getting it. And I think it was because, one, I was from the West Coast, but two, you know, I don't know what I don't know, and I don't know enough about the FBS recruiting timeline, uh, you know, just the ins and outs of it. So, you know, it, I made it my mission that, like, I need to find this stuff out. So I started emailing every single director player personnel, you know, person to person uh, personnel that I could find on the website and who would respond to me. I probably had about, like, 25 interviews with a, a lot of great people um, who, who taught me a lot, you know, uh, just about, you know, what they, they do, what, what a great recruiter does. Uh, so it was really, really interesting, but it was also during this time, you know, uh, I'm networking, which is awesome, but I'm also realizing that like, you know, while I've thought that recruiting and just being in the recruiting department could be my, my in at a school. Um, I'm also realizing that it's not the only thing I want to do. I do want to work with the players. I do love the X's and O's. I do want to scheme and do all that stuff. So, uh, that's when I kind of turn my attention. This is probably like June now, um, to reaching out to coaches. And I just, uh, again, like spent days at a time on, you know, the, the, the school websites, the, the staff directories, just compiling emails, lists, and then emailing these coaches, getting responses and hopefully turning them into, to, uh, phone calls or zoom calls and stuff like that. And again, like connected with a lot of great coaches, uh, who I, you know, I hope to continue to, to build relationships with, but, um, as I said, I feel like all this momentum was going on for me during quarantine, that that's really what helped me get to Akron um, was, you know, these relationships that I built. And then, you know, the the special teams uh, coordinator at Akron being able to go onto my Twitter and see, like, I have this following, like, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. Um, so I was able to interview with him uh, and had a really good conversation with him. And like, the thing is, like, you know, uh, you know, people look at me and think that I made it and they hit me up for advice on Twitter and Instagram and, and LinkedIn and stuff, um, which is awesome. Um, but I, I really, really haven't. So, uh, this job at Akron, you know, normally pays, but, uh, hiring freeze because of COVID and all that. Um, it, it was a volunteer position with the potential to turn into a paid position. And, you know, th- that's something that, I don't tell my friends. Uh, I didn't tell my mom. So if she's listened to this, she probably just found out. Um, but uh, it was, hey, like, do you want to be a volunteer? Uh, you know, I was up on the fence about it. But my fiance, you know, was like, hey, like, if we want to have a family one day and, and you need to make this move, you need to make this jump, like, we need to do it now, uh, even if it's not the, the best timing. So I uh, cashed out my retirement and uh, moved to uh, to Akron as a volunteer uh, to, to do some quality control. So 
definitely went out on a limb and it's it's been kind of crazy it's definitely been stressful at times um, but you know I'm, we're still going and, and we're still moving forward so um, you know Akron has been been really awesome I, I definitely learned a, a lot of ins and outs and you know similar to like when I was at Bethel, like learning about offense, you know, as special teams coordinator, like I wish I would have known uh, a bunch of things that uh, I know now. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to the future and, and to, you know, creating more relationships with, with, with coaches and, and my next step. Uh, but as said, I, I definitely don't have it all figured out. So uh, hopefully any, you know, young coaches out there, um, you know, if you're looking for inspiration, you know, just stay in the fight. Uh, when our season first got canceled uh, here in September, you know, I was reading David Goggins' book, and you know, he kind of talked about how he went and ran 100 miles without really training for it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I want to go and, and do something like that and push myself. Um, and so I went and on just a random Saturday ran uh, 13 miles. You know, did a did a half marathon. And it was tough, but the entire time I'm just like saying to myself, just stay in the fight, just stay in the fight, just stay in the fight. And, you know, I stayed in the fight long enough to, to finish and I got done. I'm like, you know what, that's, that's going to be a lot like my football career. Um, you know, would I want to go back and, and do it all again? You know, I, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could be 25 again and, you know, barely making a thousand bucks, um, you know, going through the stress of bills and, and those different things and just, as I said that all the sacrifices you, you go through with your family and your friends and you know losing just kind of a normal life um but you know i feel like i've i've survived through it uh, and as i said starting to build this momentum towards something bigger so uh hopefully you know that kind of inspires you guys to as I said stay in the fight uh and hopefully some of the the, the stories that I, I can bring to you these next couple weeks uh will will do the same so uh until then you guys keep grinding uh, and enjoy your holidays.